Welcome to The Journey, a podcast series by Christ Life Ministries, focused on renewing, restoring, and equipping leaders. Well, good morning. Welcome. Hey, I guess it might not be morning for you when you're listening to this podcast. It is for me. I'm sitting here drinking a cup of coffee, looking out the window at a beautiful day. Man, it's been hot lately. We had our air conditioner blow up. (laughs) Kids sweating. Dog panting. (laughs) But you know, that's just life, isn't it? We've got to be faithful to the the tasks, the, the very duties, even the mundane duties that God allows as the content of our lives. I mean, that's actually Jean-Pierre Desquissades in the book, Abandonment to Divine Providence. He would say that sanctity is just fidelity to the, the duties ordained by God. I love that. Well, welcome to the Journey Podcast, where we're really, I have just a growing sense of excitement. Uh, as I sit down in, in this little office suite and and record these podcasts, I just think that God is stretching out this net. In fact, I'm thinking about the passage in First Peter that says, uh, cast all your cares on God for he cares for you. I had a an Alaskan pastor I was working with last week who just said, you know, in the commercial fishing industry, we cast nets uh, with the intent of collecting fish. And he said, this passage for me communicates that as I cast my cares, I can assume that what I'll receive as I'm pulling in uh, those nets, if you will, metaphoric nets, is the care of God. As I cast cares, I'll pull in the very care of God. That's, That's what this podcast is all about. How do we make our way to the care of God? How do, we, how do we move from a life that's fixated on chaos, the chaos of our lives, that, that more often than not is, that li- is lived as a result or uh, empowered by our own self-effort? Uh, how do we uh, not only uncover and know our unprocessed wounds and distortions, but actually experience long-lasting freedom from unprocessed wounds, distortions, disruptive emotion, dysfunctional lifestyle choices. Well, we're going to talk about that. Uh, Let me pray, and then what we'll do is, uh, again, give a 10,000-foot view of where we've been. I'll do it quickly, I promise. (laughs) And then we'll jump right into the two things that we want to uh, uncover, expose, delve into today. Uh, God, you are here. And what would our lives be without you? We're so grateful for you. And Lord, you know that I'm not just saying that on this podcast for everyone to hear. Uh, For the sake of approval. You're by far the best thing that we have. And Lord, though our hearts and our flesh may fail, you're the strength of our life and our portion forever. And God, I'm asking by the, the power of your Holy Spirit, And by your grace, the grace that you freely give, would you convince us? Would you give us experience, life experience regarding that truth? That though our hearts and our flesh fail, you will be, you promise to be, you long to become the strength of our life and our portion forever. Could we just, we're going to get off the page from the very beginning. 
Could we just pause? If you, if you feel comfortable raising your palms to God, it's, uh, or just raising your hands, it's really the universal sign of surrender or just uh, an expression, palms up, of, of need to God. And I don't really, it doesn't matter what denomination or uh, affiliation you're with as a Christ follower. Uh, express what you have in your heart physically. And nobody's watching you, probably, unless it might be your your husband or your wife or your kids. <laughs> Just don't do it while you're driving, please. And so, Lord, here's here's the expression of our heart. Palms raised to you. Hands outstretched to you. We desperately need you. We have nowhere to turn but you. And we love you. We're looking for you, God. In Jesus' name, amen. So to start today, let's reflect a little bit. I'm going to blast through these main points. The reason why we're hitting the content from a 10,000-foot view each week we're together is because our intent is that you could become confident in taking the change that God is beginning to bring you out laterally into your circle of influence. Uh, that's that's a real important component of Christ's life, that, that not only are leaders experiencing dynamic change, but they're also uh, equipped to take that change into their leadership teams, their, their elder boards, their uh, Christian nonprofit uh, board of directors, uh, their wives, husbands, children. So here we go. If you're beginning, as you're beginning your healing journey, you're always starting with expectations. Remember, your expectation should be off the charts, that God is totally committed to removing whatever needs to be removed in our lives so that we might live those, those, uh, those lives that are, that are wholeheartedly devoted to him. Secondly, remember lenses, that we don't see the world as it is. We see the world as we are, that we're bringing history to bear on the here and now, every moment, to help us interpret it, to navigate through it, the real question is what happens when what I'm bringing from my history is loaded down with pain and wounds. We've got problems. Those are problems God wants to wade into. Number three, we talked about the structures of healing, that unprocessed wounds lead to distortions. Distortions lead to disruptive emotion. Disruptive emotion leads to dysfunctional lifestyle choices. Number four, we focused on the three phases of healing, that the awareness of uh, working of God, that God working in us to, to build awareness uh, leads to the John 16 counseling work of the Holy Spirit, that he, he's committed to leading us into all truth, to provide the processing that we've never received in areas of unprocessed wounds. But both awareness and the John 16 counseling work of the Holy Spirit is designed by God to lead me to John 15 abiding relationship. You see, God is the end of all things. When the independent life is the end, we will miss the renewal and restoration that God wants to bring us. God wants us to be safely surrendering to him, uh, reckoning ourselves dead to the independent life and being filled with him, filled with Christ's life. Uh, we did the awareness exercise. We're not going to touch that right now. We've got a lot to touch <laughs> moving forward. Uh, and and I just want to say a couple things regarding the awareness exercise. If that's bringing up all sorts of uh, stuff, feelings, uh, brokenness that that has been obscured for a lot of years, just know that that's normal. Uh, know that, that God... Uh, 
God puts his finger on on the the things that he he brings uh, understanding and brings to, into the light the things that he wants to heal. Uh, we're, so that's we're there we are. We're caught up. The two things that we want to hit in this episode are first the concept of delineation or bifurcation. Maybe you would want to keep that simpler, separating uh, between false identity, the things that cause false identity and true identity. And then finally, I want to give you an experiential that God will use to help begin to build uh, awareness in your own life. So let's first talk about delineation. Most of us who have spent time in the Bible, would reading the Bible and walking with God, would admit that uh, our identity is something that God gives us. The problem is most of us live uh, so weighed down by a history, by the sum total of all our past experiences, both good and bad, that we don't know that we've derived a sense of identity and value from those things. We're just living in light of or in the shadows of all these past experiences, things that we couldn't control, moments where we didn't perform well or were embarrassed or ridiculed. It could also be moments where we just won the day, man. We pushed the ball into the end zone, that we won the game, that, that it was all resting on our shoulders, and we, we performed and succeeded. Do you see how both of those things, both good and bad, could propagate the independent life? They could become rip, a ripoff long-term. So what we need to understand first and foremost regarding delineation is that God would have us delineate bifurcate or separate out the all the sum total of our past experiences, both good and bad, from the value and the true identity that only God can bring. In fact, that's the first point that I want to make, that true identity, true value is gifted by God and not earned. There's no good performing that can add one bit of value from God's perspective to your life. Do you get it? That no matter what has happened in the past, good or bad, you're not able to add to or diminish from the value that only God can bring. So it's important that we delineate between the sum total of all the past experiences, both good and bad in the past, and this gift of identity, because those experiences have power. They just don't have any power to inform or diminish true value. It's a gift from God, not earned, but presented as a, 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 a gift of God's grace to us. Let's talk a moment about the power of our unprocessed wounds, uh, the, the power of our past experiences. Though they don't have power to in any way inform or undermine true identity, They do have power to propagate the independent life. Well, what do I mean by the independent life? Paul refers to uh, this idea in Romans 5, 6, 7, and 8 and other places in the New Testament when he uses the word flesh. Now, that word in the Greek is sarx, and that that word could be uh, interchanged to, to refer to flesh and bones, body, but also the independent or self effort that cannot please God. So our, do you see the correlation that our, our wounds, our distortions, our brokenness from the past, and also our successes 
can propagate self-effort and the self-life. Our wounds cause us to grip the steering wheel, control life, uh, manipulate people, uh, deceive in order to be uh, protected, safe. All of that life, according to uh, Paul's work in the book of of Romans, uh, cannot please God. It's the life that we're to reckon ourselves dead to. And so, again, our past experiences have power, just no power to undermine or inform true identity. This true identity that we have, this true value that we have is something, again, what have I said this four times? (laughs) It's worth being said a hundred times. That this value, this identity is gifted by God and not earned. This value has everything to do with uh, Genesis 1 and 2 being made in his image. It has everything to do with the metamorphosis that happens on the inside of us at salvation, that, that we're made into the very children of God. First John says, don't you know that you're children of God? And that's what you are. Uh, Ezekiel 36 hints at this new birth miracle. It says, hey, that this work of God is going to include a new heart, being filled with the Holy Spirit. Uh, depending on how you interpret that passage, a new mind. And oh, by the way, that old heart, that heart of stone, that heart that was totally unreceptive to God is going to be removed. Another place that we begin to see this new identity, this this value is in Ephesians 2.10, where in the original language, Paul says, don't you know, Church of Ephesus, that your God's poem, his, his masterpiece, his best poem, his, most, his best creative work. Think about that for a second. I mean, even going back to Genesis 1 and 2, all of creation was made. And then he made man and woman in his own image. That's the only moment in the creation story that God says his creation is very good. It's good, good. <laughs> it was all good before. But it was very good when he made us. Think about that for a second. That as beautiful as creation is, as amazing as it is, God says that it becomes very good when you're included. It's just powerful. It brings tears to my eyes. Even now. Do you see it? That value is something that God and only God can give. That identity is not something that's to be derived from your past experiences, both good and bad. Those things are, are all bringing color to life. They're all things that we can, we can respond to by seeking God and in either relinquishing control, laying them down, or, or just being satisfied and enjoying what God's done. But they're never designed. Our past experiences are never designed to be a source of value and identity. To do so is just investing in perpetuating our own brokenness. I hope that makes sense to you. Sometimes I use the illustration, and we're just going to push long in this episode. I've had several of you say, hey, don't worry about 20 minutes. (laughs) Just go. So we're just going to go. Often I'll use the illustration of of the gold that's stored in Fort Knox. Off the top of my head, I think it's something like $7 billion dollars worth of gold. If by chance I had one bar of that, one, one brick of that gold, 
The question that I ask is, would it be more valuable if it was on display under lights in the Louvre in, in Paris, France, with line, a lineup, maybe thousands of people viewing it? The answer is no, because that gold is valuable according to its purity, according to the, the quality of its content, and in its weight. The other question would be, if I took that same gold bar... <laughs> And I brought it home and I kind of left it on the kitchen table. And my boys uh, took it out into the backyard. And like they normally do, they they go walk back in our wetlands. <laughs> they walk waist deep in knee-high boots. <laughs> and let's just say they dropped that gold bar in the in the wetlands. If I pulled it out and it was covered with muck, would that gold bar be any less valuable? No. It's valuable according to the purity of its content. And it's weight. Well, the same is true with you. If you're covered with muck this morning, maybe even overwhelmed by the mistakes that you made last night, God wants you to know that you're no less valuable in his sight. He just calls you a young man, young woman, father, mother, to come back home. Do you see? It's the the kindness and the working of God that leads us to repentance. It's time that we uh, follow God, reflect him accurately, model his life, and slowly become a little bit more kind to ourselves, patient with ourselves. That we need to to see God as, as God sees us, not as trash, not as forgotten or abandoned, not as rejected or uh, pathetic, but as deeply loved eternal children of the Almighty. Think about that for just a moment. Out of the, what is it, 8 million species of life on this planet, only one is made in the image of God. That's you. Rest in the finished work of value and identity that God's placed in you, and you'll slowly but surely find yourself getting free from the calamity of your history. That those things have no power to steal away the value that only God can bring. One more illustration. Uh, like a precious piece of artwork, that artwork, let's just say it's a Van Gogh, is valued according to the quality of the work and the renown of the artist. Well, let's think about you and me now. Regarding the renown of the artist, I mean, it goes without saying. He's the most amazing Uh, most amazing that's ever been regarding the quality of the work. Ephesians 2.10 again says, Poem, my best. You're his best. Rest in that. Ask God to begin to, to push that seed deep, deep into the good soil of your heart. Okay, so that's delineation. I hope that makes sense. We're learning to delineate between the sum total of all our past experiences, both good and bad, and the false identity that can be derived there and the true identity that only God can bring. The second thing that we want to bring is an experiential. We call it life mapping. What I want you to do, we've talked several times about 10-2 reactions. When I responded a 10, when it should be a 2, we need to pay attention to those things because it tells us a lot about ourselves. That, that what I want you to do this next week, whether it be on your phone or a, or a three-by-five card in your back pocket, 
I want you to keep track of your over or severely under reactions in life. When you're getting triggered, pay attention, write it down because you're going to learn something about yourself. So these are the instructions for this life mapping experiential. I wish we could interact about this because I would love to hear uh, all that's transpiring in your lives. These are the steps that we can take. Number one, when you're triggered and blowing up, I want you to step away from, in a presidential way, step away from that moment and write down what it was that triggered you. You could just brief bullet points. You don't need to write a book about this. Just brief bullet points. What triggered you? Number two, I want you to write down what the disruptive emotion is that's online in your life in that moment. Are you feeling irritable, angry, frustrated, weak, anxious, disappointed, hopeless? What is it that you feel? Write it down. Get it as close to, uh, as accurate as possible regarding what, what you have online in that moment. Number three, I want you to bulletize, write down what your expectations were for that moment. It might be, I just thought that I would get a little credit for for, for the big win that we had uh, on uh, last Sunday. Or nobody, I just expected to be noticed or, or I expected to get a high five. Whatever it is, whatever your expectations were, I want you to just write down your expectations. And finally, I want you to humble your heart before God and pray a simple prayer. God, would you show me the distortion that's underneath all of this disruptive emotion and all of this over-response in this moment. Now, what you're going to find is that the awareness work that you've already done is going to be helpful to you. Uh, in fact, don't be surprised if you go back and you see correlation between what mom brought to dad, what dad brought to mom, or what they brought to you in your childhood. Don't be surprised if there's unique language that's put to that, or maybe not so unique. Maybe it's been bouncing around. Uh, you've been aware of it for some time. Maybe it's, it's a distortion statement that sounds something like this. I'm all alone, and I'll always be all alone. Or uh, I'm pathetic, and sooner or later, everybody's going to find out. Whatever it is, there are broken, there's broken messaging that's bringing about this disruptive emotion and these over-responses in our lives. And God, just know that God's strength, his power, his help is aimed at uh, helping you draw clear correlations between your wounded history and, and how you're uh, responding in the here and now. Uh, we've got to go. We're longer than we've ever been on one of these podcasts. Uh, I hope this is helpful. Today, again, we did a recap. We talked about delineation, and then we've also given you the first life mapping experiential Trust me, if you begin to apply these realities, maybe better said, if you allow God to begin applying these realities in your life, you're going to experience change, man. Uh, instead of looking at healing as something that's far off, like like an ultra, like a long distance hike, like, man, oh man, we're going to get there, but the Canadian border is 2,600 miles away. Don't perceive it that way. Look at the change that God's bringing, maybe even bringing to you right now. As, as just his pathway of renewal and restoration ultimately leading 
us into the deep end of the pool with him. I'm going to pray. God, thank you so much. We're just entrusting this all to you. You're way better than we could ever imagine you being. And you're far more committed to this work of renewing, restoring, transforming the children of the living God than we could ever imagine. God, I just want to thank you for all the the uh, the investment that you're so willing to make in us. You're so good. We've got nothing besides you. And Lord, though we fail in many different ways, we say to you, you're the strength of our life and our portion forever. We love you a ton. In Jesus' name, amen. See you soon.